Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Red Voices podcast. It's all go at United. Signings, shields, substitutions and all sorts of lovely stuff to pour over before the actual football starts again in, against Bournemouth next weekend. Joining me to discuss it are Richard Can. Richard, how's it going? Not too bad. Happy Pog Day. Oh, and happy Pog Day to you too, sir. And making her debut on the podcast, social media executive for 442, it's Harriet Drudge. Harriet, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I've actually had a horrible, horrible day, but I'm just saying I'm all right for appearances. But thank you very, very much for joining us regardless. Very, very You're good welcome. to hear from you. No worries. Well, I'm sure a, a nice revealing of Paul Pogba will help. So because that seems to be the news that has been completely inescapable the entire summer long, let's start off uh, with the news that Paul Pogba was going to have his medical in terms of the announcement yesterday and has actually had it as we speak now and we are awaiting the first magnificent photos of him in a United shirt. Harriet, I mean, I'm sure you've been following this as we all have all summer long. How unrealistic a sign did this seem to you back around the time of the Euros? Oh, completely unrealistic. It just felt like um, one of those signings like we were muted to sign Schneider about eight times uh, across different transfer windows a few years ago. And it just kind of felt like that. Uh, and I wasn't really sure whether he'd want to come back after obviously feeling like he'd been booted out of the door. But I think it's a, a great statement. I think Gary Neville said today on Sky that, you know, this is a signing that we've we've needed to make. A marquee signing. He's a bit of a brooted midfield, which we've been desperately lacking for quite a long time now. Um, and I'm very excited to see him back in a Man United shirt and, you know, taking us back to where we where we should be. It is incredibly exciting, isn't it? The fact that you know he left four years ago under such, you know, awkward circumstances. Uh, it's something that could never ever have happened had Ferguson stayed in charge. But that's kind of the, the wonderfulness of uh, this sort of new United to a certain extent, which obviously means a lot of change and a lot of things that we're used to not being a part of the club anymore, and a lot of people that we're used to not being a part of the club anymore. But Rich, how hellishly excited are you now? Well. You know that I'm a fundamentally pessimistic man. I do, but yes. I've been, I, I have been pretty confident on this one for quite a long time for, for absolutely no reason at all that I can justify, but it's always seemed to me like it was happening and I could never never got the impression that Real Madrid were ever super bothered. So it was just a question of whether we could front up enough money. Um, and so actually the day he signed feels like a bit of an anticlimax because I've been pretty sure it was happening for a while now anyway. But... How long has it been since we that we've needed a new spine to the team, really, from 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 centre back to centre forward, and as as Harriet said, Pogba is everything that most of our midfielders aren't really. He's you know we've got such a slow ponderous midfield, and he brings a lot of dynamism and pace and power and directness to it. Essentially, Mourinho's achieved in two months what Moyes and Van Gaal and to a degree Ferguson towards the end didn't really do in the last five years fingers crossed we might be on the on the verge of something good yeah I mean we've got several questions about where he'll play in this uh, new United lineup uh, later on in the evening but uh, yeah an, an incredibly incredibly encouraging time for United to be you know here we are on the cusp of the start of the new Premier League season what's looking like a very very astute uh, centre-back signing in the shape of Eric B Zlatan getting his goal in the Community Shield yesterday uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan who got what 20 seconds of the game yesterday but still looking like something of a talent on the on the right wing and now Paul Pogba it's uh it's, it's certainly exciting times I mean I'm, I'm just instantly skeptical of it because 
I mean, I, I've been withholding following Paul Pogba all summer long. And even now, even today, there's been this, this amazing photo of him presumably in the laundry room at Old Trafford with the United training top on. And I still can't bring myself to do the follow until I see him actually announced. That's how, that, 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 that's how much football has damaged me. But still, it's uh, absolutely He's, uh, he's far taller than I remember, isn't he? He does he's seem taller, taller than I remember. He's like a, like a giant. He's also looking like he's going to be an incredible amount of fun. This social media game is absolutely on point. But speaking of games, that was a wonderful segue. I think you all agree. The Community Shield. We, we actually won a trophy. Uh, uh, well, kind of a trophy. I mean, I just want to check with both of you. Zlatan seems to be counting it as a trophy. Number 31 he posted on Twitter last night. Is it okay for us to take it a little bit more importantly now? Still feels a bit weird. Uh Oh, that silence says more than, than any of us can say, I think. Um, That's fine. I mean, if Slatan can't make it cool, no one can. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think it's fair enough. It is, it's down as an honour, isn't it? Well, honour in inverted commas. Um, it's, it's an important match, I think, to get going in the season. I think it's especially important this season um, for Mourinho to get started on the right foot. But, yeah, let's, let's, let's count it, but with a pinch of salt. That sounds about right. Antonio Valencia was super happy, wasn't he? <laughs> Gosh, he was happy all day long. I've never seen the man smile so much. Uh, uh, so he obviously thought it was important. So why shouldn't we? Being Getting the armband from Rooney when Rooney was substituted in the second half, the beam on that man's face. And, I mean, to be fair, there's, there's plenty to talk about. So let's start with Antonio Valencia. What on earth is happening with that man? I have absolutely no idea. Harriet, please try and explain this to me. Oh, Antonio Valencia has been one of the most frustrating footballers on earth for me personally in the last few years because he does all of the hard work and then he'll stop and have a bit of a think about it uh and not have a bit have a bit of a jig yeah but then he'll end up confusing himself and then he won't really do much with it or he'll cross it in and it'll go out without anybody being anywhere near it um so it's it's he's been one of the most frustrating footballers in the last few years but prior to that I mean the goal that I always remember would be the one at Blackburn um, and I just I just yearn for those days it's just the, the positivity that I want him to you know be confident in himself to continue that you know when he gets gets uh, up up to the fullback just take them on because he's got the pace he's got he's got the skill he can do it and we've seen that when he's a bit more you know when he stops faffing basically and and just runs at people which is something that we've lacked across the squad in the last few seasons but i know we'll probably talk about Jesse later on but it scares people run at people get them on the back foot hopefully Mourinho can restore that kind of confidence in him to be a bit more direct you don't need to keep on cutting in and yeah he he frustrates the hell out of me but i'm hoping that Mourinho can work his magic and get him to just do what he's good at um, rather than stopping and standing still on the ball. He, he's, he's a footballer that stands still on the ball more than any footballer I know, recall. I don't know whether you guys can think of any others who are frustratingly immobile on the ball when they're, they're in he possession. He spent half of his life running down the wing and the other half looking like a deer in the headlights. Yeah, I, I'm calling it Antonio Valencia, the Renaissance. It's absolutely wonderful. Don't, don't you think that his, his... Well, certainly the last couple of games have been emblematic of the, the change in approach from United that um, as, as Mourinho said on, on Sunday that, that we wouldn't have scored that goal last season mm-hmm. did he? because wow. 
yeah, I, mean, I will so just stop you there for one second. If you're talking about emblematic of huge changes, don't forget we did start with Michael Carrick and Marouane Fellaini in the centre of the pitch yesterday. We did, but I, I was thinking more in terms of the fact that we're clearly looking to pass forward. And again, Lingard's goals, again, it was it, it was a player taking just taking players on, running directly forward. You know, under Van Hal, if, if any midfielder dared to take the ball further than five yards forward, he was dropped and, and went missing for a month. Was in, in a dungeon somewhere. So, um, I mean, I think, you, I think you, you goals, keep mentioning that dungeon, Rich. I know it's a terrible place. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just pleased that uh, Guillermo Varela came out alive. But yeah, I mean, we we clearly, you know, from the centre backs forward, the the centre backs are passing the ball. The first thing they're doing is looking to see if there's a midfielder on, and passing sideways has, has really become a, a, a pass of last resort. So Valencia, he he just seemed to die after he got the number seven shirt, didn't he? he just seemed to. Like an elephant on his shoulders, but collapse inwardly on back, like a fallen star. Indeed, but if he just gets back to what he was doing in the first season or so, and that confidence, because he was an absolute beast in the first first eighteen months or so, just taking players on and just using that power and that pace and getting crosses in. But at some point, he seemed to lose the ability to cross higher than people's kneecaps, <laughs> um, and that 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 persisted that persisted for about eighteen months. And it, it seems like he's he's relearned the ability to. To chip a football, which is a glorious sight. Yeah, do you know who else was, uh, you know, particularly impressive in the earlier stages of his United career, Rich? Uh, enlighten me. No, I'm going to save this for later. Harriet, Eric Bailey. Yes. Based on yesterday, I mean, in particular, when we were when I was hearing about Mourinho talk about Bailey, sort of saying he's going to be this young player that we're going to have to sort of keep an eye on, you know, perhaps one for the future. We just got to see how he settles in. I'm seeing some really, really encouraging signs that he is ready for this level and he's ready to be one of our starting centre-backs. What, what have you made of him so far in the United uh, I 100% agree with that. Um, I think there were a couple of times yesterday when when he, he, he kind of dived in against Vardy and Vardy had him on toast, but I think he learnt from that pretty quickly. And just the way he holds himself, he just seems like this super confident young man who's you know ready ready to take on the challenge of wearing a United shirt. He's strong, he's quicker than Blind, but that's not difficult, I know. But um, he just looks like he's up for the challenge. He's not going to shy away. And I think having a bit of, you know, his game next to Smalling, I think they are, they're, they're different different types of players. Uh, I'm, not, I'm trying, not trying to make either of them into the next Ferdinand and Vidic, but I see more of Vidic in Bailly, however you say his name, than I do... Ferdinand and obviously um, Smalling is is well um, <laughs> he would never be a Ferdinand um, I don't think many players will but I think that kind of balance between the two types of game at centre back are important so I think you know you're going to get with the height as well with the two of them we're just going to be a bit more difficult to break down and I wouldn't be I'd be I'd be throwing him in uh, straight away <laughs> Mourinho I am not but I haven't seen anything that says to me that we should be taking it you know cautiously necessarily I mean Luke Shaw I imagine will be will be starting well from what I've seen of him as well and his comeback has been hugely encouraging I don't see ages being a bit of a problem and I think he's going to be ready for the Premier League so why not let's get let's get him in yeah I mean I think the Vidic comparison there is probably the most pertinent primarily because it's been such a long time that I can recall anyway since United have had a uh, a centre back with real power, but mm. a point behind that power, you know. Yeah. 
speaking to a friend about it yesterday and he was he mentioned Phil Jones saying well you know they're both kind of lummoxes to a certain extent but Phil Jones just sort of I'm trying to think of the appropriate description here just like Goliath with a club sort of swinging his arms around widely expecting to hit something whereas Bailey just seems like an absolute juggernaut it's it's wonderful it's so good to see like a really strong centre back at United again and because that's just you know Chris Smalling isn't that David Bind isn't that Phil Jones definitely isn't that and I'm still not quite sure what Marcus Rocco is but it's definitely not that either Bailey's really bouncy isn't he He that's what I noticed he's happy he He, seems like he's having a right nice time seem to bounce about and he's got a, like a prodigious leap at the back there's a couple of times when they uh, Lester had set pieces and he just kind of rose like Zebedee um, <laughs> that, that's one for a certain age group yeah, he, rose, he rose like Zeb, Zebedee to, to, to head clear um, and he's just he's just so much he's, he's got pace and athleticism and he is a bit bonkers it seems and, and he can pass the football that was the thing that, that I noticed That's helpful. you know we used to quite used quite used to Smalling looking looking like he might evacuate his bowels when the ball lands at his <laughs> lands at his feet you're on Bailey, form tonight Richard Bailey, I just want to stop you there you I, are on wonderful form <laughs> Bailey Bailey just seems to he's, he just seems really calm doesn't he and he was always always looking for an intelligent pass and he usually usually got it away so you know the one thing was the one thing we'd been warned about we'd read about was that he he is very raw and he is quite rash and he gave away some free kicks in silly areas that he didn't need to and as Harriet said Vardy outwitted him a couple of times but I mean admittedly he's not we've not got a lot to compare him to because we don't have great centre-backs but he just feels like he's a step ahead of in in terms of potential natural talent a step ahead of what we've got at the moment and I I thought he actually worked very well with Daley Blint I mean and I was just assuming that Smalling is going to come back in and I'm not Daily Brint's biggest fan as a centre back, but that a mix of athleticism and pace on one side, and and really kind of more intelligence and, and poise on the other, seemed to work quite well because Blint obviously is 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 um, open to to pace, but with Bailey there, he could have more confidence that he wasn't going to get caught out by a ball over the top. So it just seemed to work quite well on Sunday. I mean, I know a sample size is small, so it may be a disaster. Uh, next weekend but but from what we saw it could actually look like a decent partnership yeah no, I could agree with that completely but uh, one thing we haven't actually spoken about even though we've been waxing lyrical about a couple of players this evening is uh, the actual game of football itself Richard which was good in stages but showed that there's still a little bit of work left to do didn't it really yeah we weren't we weren't great I'd say there were probably only maybe three or four above average performances and it was very, it was very stilted. It wasn't very fluid. I mean, we're going to come onto it later, but so much broke down when it went through Rooney. Did it? it apparently so. I sort of heard. Um, no, Zlatan didn't hold the ball up particularly well, and you know, Martial had a quiet game. Lingard, I mean, Lingard was obviously one of the ones who, who did excel and scored scored a brilliant goal. But Carrick and Fellaini struggled in midfield, and it was it was a pragmatic performance. Although I didn't ever think we looked like losing the game. But there's a lot to work on, I'd say. Sure. Harry, do you, would you roughly agree with that? I mean, there were definitely some points in the second half yesterday where I found myself looking at Graham Musa when Musa came on the second half. And we know all about him, having uh, encountered him twice uh, when we played CSK in Moscow yesterday. It looked like we were still quite susceptible on the break. You know, all that possession and not too much to show for it. And then for all the, the good bits, we, we did seem a little bit susceptible on the break. 
well, Mourinho said it himself that there's still work to do there. But one thing that we can take as a positive from it is that we won when we weren't playing very well, uh, which we haven't been doing in in abundance in the last few seasons. Um, so that's obviously a, a good point to take from it. On Zlatan, the performances that I've seen so far of him in, in a United shirt, um, two goals in three games. The thing, the thing with him is that he can get a goal from nothing. So if Valencia can, you know, beat the kneecaps and get it, get across him, then he can pick something out. And we didn't really see anyone challenge Wes Morgan like that last season. So if if Zlatan can do that to Wes Morgan, he can do it to a whole host of other centre backs. So I'm not too dispirited by poor performance. Poor is a bit harsh. Um, not, not a scintillating performance in the Community Shield, as it is still only pre-season as well. Um, I think sure. you know there's there's a lot of work that is going to be done this week. And I think Mourinho is going to have them absolutely up for it, ready ready to go uh, at Bournemouth. Speaking of Wes Morgan, someone who got stitched up like an absolute kipper for Jesse Lingard's goal. But Harriet, how absolutely lovely was it to see Jesse have another wonderful Wembley moment? Barely what two and a bit months on from his last one. I know he must wish that he could play at Wembley every week. I mean, to see him just—he—he he seems to be playing without a care in the world. You know, he's playing with no pressure on his shoulders. He looks like he's having a, just a, a great time playing football, which is what I love to see. Um, and you know, he's going to have a bit of competition for his dab celebration now, which is possibly why he changed it yesterday. Um, oh, good grief! But, I mean, how well, many well, bromances is that at United now when Pogba eventually comes in with Lingard? It, this this. Club is too likable at the minute. I can't quite handle it. What, what was that? Cele- what was that celebration yesterday? Does that have a name? Oh, Pogba did it. No I don't idea. know what it's called in particular because know. I'm not cool. But yeah, Pogba did it a no. little while ago, and uh, yeah, I think Jesse looks up to him quite a bit. So that makes sense. Yeah, so that, that's going to be really nice to see them together. Actually, um, you know, because they've won they've won a trophy together before uh, in the youth team, so they know each other's game. Even though they would have both obviously done a lot of. Uh, progressing since since the last played together, yeah, he's he's scaring opponents. He's just running at people. He's you know leaving them on their ass quite a lot of the time. <laughs> Sorry, Wes. Um, and he's got quick feet. He's got pace. He can he can score he can score goals. Um, I think oh, one of my biggest bugbears with Danny Welbeck uh, when <laughs> oh Danny um, when he was at United was that if he had too much time to think about it, then he would always miss. Um, I think are you thinking Jesse... of Bayern Munich home leg for instance oh, oh, oh did you have to um, well, <laughs> yes, I yes really. I am <laughs> yeah so I think Jesse was in a, a few times last season he had opportunities that he really should have put away if he can shake the Danny off of him um, in terms of finishing when he's got a bit of time like he did yesterday really I mean I know he didn't he didn't have too much time to think about it after weaving in uh, in and out of all of those players, <laughs> but if he gets his finishing right, then he could, you know, really secure a place in this team. Which, given Mourinho's got quite a lot of stick for not playing young stars, if if you're good enough, you're going to stay in the team. So yeah, uh, wonderful to see from Jesse. Rich, would you subscribe to that? I mean, I, I, we spent a lot of time last season discussing Jesse Lingard, so you know, I'm hesitant to go over all ground, but. I mean, moments like that are going to make it exceptionally difficult to drop him, aren't they? Even with Mkhitaryan waiting on the bench. I, again, we've we've only got we've only got a small sample size to go from, but 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 yesterday he looked a different player from under Van Hal, and it was it was I think it was to his benefit that he was allowed to 
to run with the ball at his feet. And obviously that ended with the goal. But there was certainly a lot more freedom in his play and he seemed a lot more confident in what he was doing. And as you say, if he if he cements a place in the team and you'd also assume that, that Mkhitaryan will become a first-team player at some point when Mourinho thinks he's ready. If Lingard's going to hold down that right midfield slot, then that perhaps means that Mkhitaryan will have to play somewhere else and someone else might have to miss out. <laughs> Who's that someone else? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't think. Hey, I, can't, I can't recall. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, well, before we get on to him, because... I'm going to shot you both. There are a few questions on the subject of said captain. Let's uh, talk about someone they haven't mentioned too much at all this evening. Rich, one of your favourites is Marouane. Marouane. Oh, Marouane. I have to say, my heart sank a bit at the uh, at the start when we saw that Carrick and Flaney were going to be playing midfield because that is just a reprise of the slowest midfield ever known to man. I don't think Carrick played particularly well. I think Fellaini was very marginally better but still pretty inadequate and immobile um, and obviously the mistake for the for the Leicester goal was could have been very costly but it was um, remarkable wasn't still, it because it was Gray who bombed forward wasn't it but it was just the bombing forward going forward actually ripping United to bits down that wing and then Fellaini being the one to pick out the pass and I know Mourinho blamed it on a heavy pitch but you thought oh god he's done so well to intercept that well the, oh, oh wait mm. oh, okay no that's fine don't worry <laughs> yeah I, I just I, I would never ever get used to the sight of him lumbering about in the midfield um, doing nothing in particular it's just he, he could score 30 goals in a season I, I don't think I, could, I don't think I could accept that he was any good but you know I, I think if well now Pogba's here I, I'd imagine he's the one to to miss out I think Carrick pr- provides a much better base for a midfield that, inv- that includes Pogba than than Fellaini would um, I don't really understand Mourinho's love for for Fellaini or, or that he's easy use for him but Mourinho's a far cleverer man than me so maybe I'm terribly misguided I mean I wouldn't put yourself down that much Rich okay maybe maybe he's slightly cleverer than me oh there we go um, that seems a bit more that, that seems a bit better don't okay. worry about it so as you actually pointed out Harry you know this, this was a game we didn't play particularly well but we actually ended up winning and with a, a pretty wonderful well I say wonderful a nice moment for Zlatan to get the goal right at the death, having really struggled to get into the game. Yeah, absolutely. A kind of again a, m- a moment when you know he, he hasn't done anything in pretty much the whole match. Yeah, his hold up play, as Richard said, was a, was not the best, but he can get you a goal from from not too much. So yeah, it was it was good to it's good to see him scoring already because quite a lot of people have said, well, what's he going to do? He's been you know scoring goals for fun in in league league but. What's, what's he going to do over here? Uh, a bit past it, maybe. Well, I don't think so. I think any other top flight team would have been in the Premier League would have been happy to to have Zlatan. It's not just that he's Zlatan and he comes with with the ego uh, and the character, but it's it's the dressing room influence that I think he's going to have as well. And I think I mean Rashford has already mentioned how much he looks up to him and how much he can learn from from his game. So even though he's not firing on all cylinders yet. Again, as we can say with the team of the team not playing well, but winning games, even if Slatan's not playing well, he can score goals, which we haven't had players who can do that particularly well in the last in the last season or so. That brings to mind a certain a certain captain again. Oh dear. Anyway, um 
but yeah, it's it's, it's good. We're doing hope... so well, guys. Keep going. Oh yeah, keep, right, keep going, keep going. Um, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how he takes the Premier League. I mean, I think he will do reasonably well. I, I can't see him scoring as many goals in in the Premier League as in League One, but I think he will contribute in other ways. Um, and if he can get his hold up play up to scratch, um, and I mean defensively, obviously as well. It's a bit more height in there. I think that's another topic we might be talking about later on, uh, in terms of height from corners and long throw-ins. He's he's going to be an asset to the team, you know, regardless if he stays for just the one year that he's contracted or or for longer. Um, we need characters in that dressing room other than that one that you know had a testimonial against Everton last week. Um, and I think it's only going to be a good thing that he's he's here. I think one one thing to say about him as well is he allows us to attack in a variety of different ways. At his best, I mean, I don't think he saw anything close to his best on Sunday. But at his best, he can he can play as a hold up striker. He can play with his feet, but he's also, as we saw, a danger in the air as well. So he's very difficult to very difficult to mark in the box and say or to stop and getting a shot away. And we, it, although Rashford did so well at the end of the season, I think we'd missed that variety in being able to to get crosses into the box as well as trying to play into feet and 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 he is such a good finisher I mean he's still a fantastic finisher so you get the impression if he gets gets the ball in the right areas that he will score quite a few goals although Cascarino and the Times disagrees strongly and feels that he won't get 20 goals a season so well he's no <laughs> well we, we've done all right let's see we are 28 and a half minutes into recording of this podcast and we haven't really mentioned him much but we're going to jump ahead a little bit to questions because there was again a slight theme so uh, I'll just read out a couple of questions. So uh, at Hongo underscore junior says, please talk a bit of Rooney. At Jonathan underscore Novi, how long until Rooney is permanently out of the team? Uh, Luke Malia asks, is it possible for us to win the league and Rooney for to remain a first 11 player? How long will it be till he's dropped? At King Kyle asks, when will Rooney be dropped for his performances? <laughs> and James at Rittenoff underscore MUSC asks, Ibra and Rooney in the same team does not work. Discuss. Now then, Rich, I do think that there is a, a, a growing concern as has been you know bubbling up from the service for the last couple of years about quite where Wayne Rooney is going to be fitting into this team in the future have you seen anything since Mourinho's taken charge to suggest that Rooney is going to be able to hold down a place in the side if it's if it's a decision made purely on football ability and performances then no I think it's quite telling that he's he's essentially been shoehorned into the team in the only position where there's a question mark as to whether there's a better footballer there than him or not. You know, Ibrahimovic and even Rashford have uh, already demonstrated that they're far better at centre-forward position than he is. There's there's no way in God's green earth that Rooney's going to get into midfield above above Pogba or alongside Pogba and Mourinho's made it perfectly clear that he's not going to play there anyway. So it's, it's really number 10 or bust. And if he keeps playing like he has in the last in the last two games including the Galatasaray friendly then again if, if he's completely on a football decision then he'll be dispatched very quickly to that dungeon we talked about earlier um, do you the, frequent the, this dungeon or something right well I'd like to see it but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be incarcerated in it obviously huh. but you know the question we've had and it's it's been an issue for a few years is that Rooney is so iconic at the club and such a such an important figure in the dressing room and within the fabric of the club now that it is very difficult I think 
to drop him, or it has been very difficult to drop him. And you you had Van Gaal come out and say very early on that, that the team would be Rooney plus 10 more because he was his captain, he'd always play, which really tied his own hands because no matter how Rooney bad, badly Rooney played, he he felt you had to play him. Um, I, I hope that Mourinho is strong enough and you know evidence from the past suggests he is is strong enough to to make that decision and 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 take Rooney out if his performances don't improve I mean he he went to Real Madrid and picked a fight with Ico Casillas who was essentially a you know he's a legend there so he's I I wouldn't have thought he'd be against doing that the only question well he dropped Terry last year as well yeah he did yeah well he did yeah he has the cojones if he wants to do it he certainly does and the, the only question is that he's he's come to United and he's trying to paint himself as a different man who avoids um, unnecessary conflict and, and, and wants a harmonious harmonious club and you know perhaps taking on taking on Rooney would I think have implications in the dressing room and would be a, a very controversial move it, we, but but if anyone is strong enough to make that decision then it's it's probably Mourinho. Harriet just here's a, a suggestion for you there's still very very little there's, there's very, very little in terms of rumours around Juan Mata actually leaving the club at this stage, despite the the incredible wave of drama that followed that substitution, um, in particular Samuel Luckhurst on the MEN saying uh, that Mata had to be restrained when it looked like he was just a little bit confused as to why he'd been subbed off. Maybe that's just me. But, I mean, it doesn't seem at this stage, you know, here we are, the, the 8th of August, that Juan is going anywhere. Do you think perhaps, even though... You know, I, I wouldn't say it's like I should suggest that Mata is not Mourinho's favourite player. That perhaps Juan is being kept around just in case the Rudy experiment just behind the striker doesn't quite work out. Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd agree with that. I think I'd, I mean I'd love to see Juan stay, uh, not just because of of the hugs that we get every Monday, but oh, yes. it's 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 a tricky one. I mean, there were definitely he definitely wasn't being restrained yesterday. I don't think, and there was there was video evidence to see you know them having a bit of a chat about it afterwards I think having having the choice between Rooney and Mata in in that position is not a a nasty one to have I know who I'd pick but I think it's like you're saying about Mourinho being the one person who probably would have the the cojones to to drop Rooney you know somebody's got to call him up to account about his diabolical performances Uh, Roy Hodgson (laughs) wasn't wasn't the man to do it Sam Allardyce might kick him into shape there was a a few a few mumblings that the England players didn't want Sam Allardyce uh, and I, I I would place a firm bet on Rooney being one of them um, despite what he may come out with in in the press these days somebody somewhere has to do something about him because he can't continue to steal a living kicking a football around uh, or, Rich, this you know, is a woman after your own heart. This is marvelous. I know. I'm just, I'm just purring you. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, how long is this podcast meant to be? Um, I could, I, we could go on and on. It's fine. A whole, a whole uh, Rooney side podcast on, on this. But um, he, oh god, I'm, oh, there's so many things I want to say. I can't even get anything out now. No, I mean one thing that I've been thinking in particular about Rooney. This is a bona fide legend of the club and there's no getting away from that you know he fully deserved that testimony last week all right that was a torrid match to watch at Old Trafford but it raised a lot of money and that was that was the most important thing it was great that so much money was raised for the Wayne for the Wayne Rooney Foundation great stuff but you're now looking at a Wayne Rooney who 
can't really play very well up front, has been told he has no place in midfield, and where we have better options in in the role of number 10. You know, Mkhitaryan could play there, and Juan Mata, arguably, that's his best position, you know, surrounded by pace. I can definitely see a scenario where that works. Yeah. I understand that with Rooney, there is you know, the whole cult of personality surrounding him and his status at the club makes it very, very difficult to drop him and to remove him. But you've also got to think about it in the sense that what other big club would allow this to develop in such a way? So much of it is based on that huge contract that he was given when Moyes was in charge. And I just keep thinking back to that as part of the problem that we have now. He's on such huge wages. He's still on such a relatively long deal. I, I can't remember how much it is top of my head now. I'm thinking it's another two, three years or so. Still gargantuan. But I can't imagine, you know, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, keeping a player, even if they're an icon of their club, around for this long in such a prominent position if their performances are tailed off so much. Look at Schweinsteiger last year. Mm. When Guardiola decided that he wasn't going to be able to contribute enough or that injuries were playing a part and he wasn't going to be able to be a big enough part of what he had in mind for Bayern, he was sold. And until United are able to, or Mourinho in particular, because as we said, I think we all agree that he is the man to do it if anyone's going to do it at the club. Perhaps now we've got that man, but unless there's any sort of realisation at the club's level that this can't be allowed to continue because it's affecting the, how effective United can play football, I don't think anything's going to change. I think the um, the difference between, the, with the comparison you made, the difference between United and, and Real and Barca and Bayern in the last three years is that they've had consistently exceptional teams and they can afford to just bundle their uh, over-the-hill veterans out the door and... and the quality of the football is so high that they can get away with it. Whereas United's problem is that there have been so few players that we've had in the last three years with exceptional ability. And I think there's just been this hope from, from both Moyes and Van Gaal that Rooney will just rediscover some of the you know, some of the form and ability that he used to have um, because there hasn't really been anybody else to do it. Um, and I think now, for the first time, we've actually got a choice and an array of pretty high-class options that can play in really the, the three positions that he's he's inhabited in the last three years. And I think if if any if there's any time that he he could actually be eased out of the team, if not out of the door, then I think it's it's coming up now because he can't possibly justify a start ahead of Pogba or or Ibrahimovic. And I I I think Mkhitaryan could actually be a better number 10 than than a wide player particularly particularly if, if Lingard's doing really well and I think there just will come a point where because of the number of games we've got as well with the Europa League there'll come a point when somebody else plays in the number 10 position and plays a lot better than Rooney has been and Mourinho just won't be able to ignore it indefinitely and it was interesting actually uh, Duncan Castles was laying no, into your mate Dunk no. <clears throat> my best friend Dunk um Dunk, Has he blocked you, by Dunk, the way? No, he hasn't. I think he he likes it. Oh, your buddies. I like that. He he was laying into Rooney yesterday, and and Dunk doesn't do anything without doesn't say anything without without it reflecting an agenda laid down for him by one of two people who are both happen to be Portuguese. <laughs> and I I just got I just started to wonder whether Mourinho's letting Rooney hang himself. He's saying, look, here's Rooney. I'm playing him in the only position I'm willing to play him in. 
see how he does. And if he's crap, he can turn around and say, look, he was crap. I can't keep playing him in there because he's been so poor. That's his out. Then he can start playing the guitar and or, or matter and, you know, just take it on from there. Um, and, you know, frankly, if he keeps playing as he is at the moment, there's not going to be a great deal of opposition from anyone not called Paddy Crurrand for him to to be dropped. Mm. Moving on, uh, we'll, we'll actually use uh, one of the first questions of the evening to cover our last section before we delve into questions proper. At Adam Q asks, are you confident going into the new season? If not, not will make you more confident. Um, I think the only thing that would make me more confident going into this Premier League season is if every other team just didn't exist anymore. I'd be pretty confident at that point. But Harriet, as we sort of touched on a little bit already, looking at how... United are set up for this season, especially in comparison with last year when we felt, you know, we were certain to get another centre back under Van Hal. And, you know, we had that nice period where we got Darmiel and Schweinsteiger and Schneidel in. This feels completely different. Last year you thought, well, we should go for the title this year. This year under Mourinho, it feels so much more different. There's definitely a higher expectation on us this season, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I think everyone's a lot more excited than they have been as well uh, going into the new season. Uh, and it's, I think it comes with. I mean, those signings last last season, Damian. I mean, he he started off and was absolutely tearing the place apart. He had a crack over first couple of months. Uh, Schneiderlin has been a bit more of a slow burner, and you know Schweinsteiger. I mean, been a lot said about him in the last the last few last few months. He would have been a great signing five years ago, um, and. You know, it, it just felt like we were perhaps plugging some gaps, you know, or put put in. I don't, yeah, plug it, plug in some gaps where we needed to really make a statement and, you know, freshen freshen up the squad a bit with more quality. You know, not necessarily just the players who have, you know, played well in the Premier League for yeah lower position clubs, but actually, you know, with with Di Maria and Falcao, but probably even before. People were genuinely excited about that, and I know it didn't work out, but this definitely does. Feel oh, we were so excited! We were so excited! So excited, and then you know it was all snatched away from us. We got absolutely hammered by reality. Yes, absolutely. But I think this this is definitely different. I don't know if this, that's the kiss of death, isn't it? But Ibrahimovic and Pogba are just different gravy. They are, you know, world bids that any any top club, and you know, most top clubs have already had Ibrahimovic in their squad anyway so you know there's this proven quality there um, and they are buying into a mentality as well by coming to Man United where we didn't have that mentality before you know with Moyes it it was going into the unknown and no player uh, was ever going to buy into a Moyes mentality I think we had a brief chat about this before we started recording but the man's an idiot and I think that's been proven in the last week in what he said. Um, but I think a lot of the players who have come now, you know, really, you know, there's a project here. There's, you know, they can really make names for themselves by coming to Man United, even though we've not got Champions League football. I mean, what does that say about about the ambitions and where we're going? It's incredible when you look at how a team like Arsenal has fared in the transfer window this season. You know, they, they, they've built a reputation on always getting that top four spot and have perhaps struggled apart from you know the likes of you know bringing Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez great players but they still struggle to get over that final hurdle of seeming like a gigantic club in England to the sense that they could pretty much go after anyone and have a good shot of getting them 
with United, it's incredible when you think about it. We finished fifth last season and seventh two years before that. Yeah. Obviously, £60 million to Real Madrid for Angel Di Maria definitely helped. But we're still signing these gigantic players, even though we've got less to offer than some of the clubs around us. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, the, Mar- that's the Mourinho effect, isn't mm. it? Um, and, you know, I, I've been one of his uh, fiercest critics in the past, but it, it seems like Edward Ward has suddenly got focused. Um, and I think it helped that Mourinho came in and he already knew who he wanted. And I suspect he was informing us who he wanted quite a few months before he actually got the job and he clearly did a bit of groundwork there with the players himself and it's the first time I can remember for quite a while we've just gone out and bought our first targets very efficiently um you know we've paid we've, we've paid a lot of money out but we can afford to so you know why not but we've we've gone out and we've actually bought top class players for positions that we needed to, to fill um, which has been a real problem in recent years. We've, we, we haven't plugged particular gaps that desperately needed improving. And you, you were saying earlier, what you know, what would United need to do to really make us all very confident? And I think from here, the only thing I can think of is that we could do with another centre back. And you know, that's something which we may well do if if we can offload a few. But obviously, that's that's harder said than done because they're all on quite high wages and um, are difficult to shift. But we have we've plugged some really important gaps. If if we can sort the if we can sort the defence and if we can some way expedite the Rooney issue, then I'd go into the season feeling pretty confident. Here's, here's a suggestion: How about we play Rooney at centre back? <laughs> then he <Yeah. laughs> then he re, then he'd be really hanging himself, wouldn't he? So then <laughs> we get rid of him. Oh, pretty good pretty. grief! <laughs> I think I think he'd do better I mean, than Phil Jones. Just Harriet, the Van Hal years were not that far away I don't want to go into that level of masochism <laughs> just yet God. Oh, sorry sorry that's horrific good <laughs> grief hey, how, how how wonderful was it in, the, in Mourinho's first interview when he basically suggested he suggested that he would play players in their proper positions oh that was that was fun that was novel I'm still quite I'm coming to terms with that concept as we speak that was that was music that was music to our ears wasn't it, it was, absolutely gosh wonderful. that was pretty I mean, Harriet, in terms of teams like, well, particular City, and we're also expecting Chelsea to, to again, well, to challenge for the league this season after that mess last year. How well prepared do you think we are to face the challenge of these two teams in particular? I think uh, we're fairly level with with City on our summer business. And, and I mean, that's a fair place to be. I mean, Chelsea have only got Batshuayi and Kante to add to to their roster, I think in the big big money deals I think the summer business we've done is pretty pretty spot on really um, I think like Rich said you know we've plugged the gaps where we've absolutely needed to um, and I think the, I think City have done the same uh, obviously Pep bringing in his targets he'd obviously identified them pretty early as well in Gundogan um, and and some of the others Nolito it's going to take time. I think it'll take more time for City to bed in their new players because it, there's quite a few there who will be expecting to play and play from the off and play in most games. So I think we might have a bit of a one-up in that sense because we've got you know three or four to bed in rather than you know six or seven. Our injury crisis that we seem to be having seem to be having last season will. Uh, subside. That'd be and novel. That would be that'd be nice, wouldn't it? So summer business I think I think we've done all that we could do and I think we're we're well set. 
I mean, we kind of discounted the, the the Premier League champions in this, which is a little bit rude of me. But I mean, I'm not necessarily expecting Leicester to have as great a season as they had last year, despite the fact that they bought well. You know, and so far they've only lost in Golo Kante. Uh, Spurs could perhaps be there. I mean, Arsenal are, you know, Arsenal. So how would you how would you stack up our chances against the, the other top teams in the league for this season? I think it's an incredibly open league. Again, I think. City uh, Guardiola hasn't got really got his centre back yet. He's still still pining for for stones, um, which I, I I personally wouldn't be looking to spend fifty million quid on him at the moment. But but that seems to be his his preferred option. Um, I think every squad has got strengths, but also one or two weaknesses. There's no there's no obvious front runner. Um, I think United have done as well as anyone in the transfer market. I think we've probably had the best window of anybody with the with the Pogba signing. Conte will definitely have Chelsea um, a lot tougher to beat, a lot more effective next season. God knows what Arsenal will do. Arsenal will probably just be Arsenal. They'll be exceptional for about seven games in a row and then, and then fall apart again in March. Just as it, it seems like there's a chance of them winning the title. And you know, you just you can't discount. A Klopp side either from you know from improving a lot on last season. Well, speaking of Liverpool, good lord, what on earth were they doing on Saturday at Wembley against Barcelona? I mean, what on earth were Barcelona doing against Liverpool? I mean, four nil, good grief! I mean, I mean it, it's, it, it's interesting. You get this, you get this every summer that the German teams start the season much earlier, and so they've played a lot more games more quickly and they're up to speed quicker. Then you have the English teams bring it starting their pre seasons, which. You know, one of the problems against Dortmund was that they were just really bloody fit, and we weren't. And then the Spaniards start as late as anyone, so they tend to be undercooked, which is why we managed to wallop Barcelona and Real Madrid um, in America yeah, in I Van Hal's first summer. Barcelona just seemed to sleepwalk through preseason; like they couldn't give any less of a crap. It's incredible. Well, they don't need to. I mean, you know, I think they're confident enough that they just they just use it as a as a fitness exercise, um, and it doesn't really mean mean much I mean they didn't have their, their, their very best team out um, and you know a couple of them were playing their first a couple of the big players were playing their first pre-season friendly but then you got the bounce and I know Liverpool made a lot of changes but there's still a lot of first team players in that team you got the bounce where they played against Mainz who are who are you know just a week or two ahead of them in terms of fitness and they really got a good stuffing and I know they, they played two games very close together but I, you just don't know what you can, it wouldn't surprise me if, if a Klopp team could go and win eight in a row, but then, but then lose another six in a row straight after that because he he's so demanding of his teams. His system requires such a lot of physical, physical and mental energy to keep it going. He's a very intense coach. That is very difficult, I think, for players that perhaps aren't amongst the best in their league to to maintain that that standard of performance. But then every single, every one of the top sides for me has an obvious weakness. You know, I think any any of any of us could finish anywhere from first to sixth, um, depending on luck and injuries and and how everything clicks. But I I, I think we can be as confident as any um, in being in a title battle in the final couple of months of the season. Right, it's time to move on to the wonderful world of Twitter questions. So, Zombie Plague asks. Top three or title, Harriet? Is that either or? Um, 
I mean, it's not more of what you prefer because I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, no, obviously. You know, because you know, we spent two years under Van Hal, so top three is really the aim. I think it's more what you think we'd actually do. I th- I'm going to go top three because because of what Richard just said. I think any of any of those six teams that we've spoken about um, could come in any position. Um, so I'm going to go top three. Good stuff. Rich, you got a really important one from Dan at MUFC underscore Dan87 here. Where do we stand on grown men going to watch United with their faces painted? I think that should only be reserved for the Community Shield. And if any if that ever happens at Old Trafford, then that person should be shunned um, for I mean, life. In this post-Brexit world, do we really want to be putting up more divisions between us? Which I think in those circumstances, yes. That and, that and crap jester hats. <laughs> Harriet, at Hongo underscore junior asks, the resurrection of Valencia, frauding his way to safety again or is it for keeps this time? Oh, I'm going to go for keeps this time. I know I had a bit of a rant about him standing still for the majority of his life on a football pitch, but I think, I think we're going to see the resurrection for keeps this time. Rich, at Jonathan underscore Novi, and the second half of his question, having asked about Rooney, was... How long is it going to be until Timothy Fossey Mensah is permanently in the side? He also puts the note, please say very soon. Okay, very soon. Um, it's an interesting one because it depends really what Mourinho sees as his best position. Um, he's he, he got a starter right back and Mourinho clearly doesn't seem to rate Darmian much um, if the squad for Sunday is anything to go by. And it would be really great if... Fossey meant to wear at least the, the backup for for the right back position and given the number of games that we've got including the Europa League I think the Europa League in particular is a perfect opportunity to, to give some games to some of the younger players who, who need to develop I would expect that we would see him in and around the first team um, I'm not sure when the Europa League starts, would it be September um, I'd, I'd, I'd expect to see him getting games at about that point whether, whether he starts in the Premier League or not, but certainly in the Europa League. Hmm. Harriet, Sadixia Bandari asks, do you prefer Valencia or Darmian at right-back? You're getting a lot of Valencia stuff tonight. This... I'd stick with Valencia again. I'm gonna, I know, I've, I, again, I've had a bit of a rant about him, but from what I've seen in pre-season, what we've, we've all mentioned, I think hmm. he he always does have that potential of really getting at, getting at the opposition and scaring the bejeebas out of them and actually getting the crosses in above the kneecap so I think you know with with Zlatan there to aim at uh, I'd definitely go for for Tony V yeah I think it makes more sense to go for him uh, I mean maybe, let me rephrase that I can see that Valencia is perhaps more a Mourinho player than Damian, and I think that as good as Damian is defensively he is perhaps lacking a little bit in attack from what we've seen for United mm. I mean then again you know he was pretty good for Italy during the Euros and he was playing a, a wing back role and did pretty damn well with it from what I saw that's true he was pretty much pretty much left wing in that first game wasn't he God, it was incredible it's against Belgium but... yeah I mean maybe I think there's a way back for him what do you think Rich I, I don't think that Mourinho likes him but I'm just winging it there I just just a hunch is there, I mean, is there any chance that, I mean, we've got some players like Schneiderlin, and I mean, you can kind of see it with Mata and Darmi, maybe a couple of others. Are we perhaps getting ourselves worked up a little bit because of who Jose Mourinho is? Because we're worried that he's going to take some of the players that we like, and we don't see them playing very much in the first couple of weeks of, you know, his management ship. Management ship? Management, oh, sorry. That's we don't see him. <laughs> management ship. Oh, that's, that, that, that's the most office thing I've ever said in my life. Good God. <laughs> 
Is there any chance that because we've seen a couple of these players not play much in the first few weeks, Rich, that we're just getting ourselves worked up a little bit prematurely? Um, no, in that I think that he does. He would like to sell a one, sell a couple of players to bring in a centre back, an experienced centre back. Yeah, and and you know he said more than once our squad is far is much bigger than he would like it to be. And I know there are, there are a lot of fringe sort of younger fringe players that he that he's happy to, to to lose, but I think he would like to sell. I mean, I know coming back to coming back to the the man, the myth that is Duncan Castles, but again, you know he he, he was clearly. Essentially offering um, a list of players for sale in in the number of pieces he did, and it, that included uh, Rocco, thank the Lord, um, and Schweinsteiger, and, and also Matter and Blint. And I think I think any of those certainly wants obviously want Schweinsteiger out, but I think he would sell one or two of the others if he got the chance for a decent amount of money. If someone made a really good offer for for one of the other two, I think he'd sell and bring in a centre back, but. I don't think we should worry too much about guys like Schneidlin because I think there is a role there is a role for him. He's got a skill set which we haven't necessarily got in the other options in midfield if you assume that Schweinsteiger's going. He is a more you know, he is a better holding holding player than uh certainly a better holding player than Flaney is and he's a he's a very different player to, to Carrick. And, and Herrera so I think he still has a role to play this season so I don't think any of the Schneiderlin fanboys should should worry at this point No I think the Schweinsteiger fanboys namely me should be a bit worried I mean how, that's something we not brought up this evening Bastian Schweinsteiger Harriet what have you made of that whole situation at the moment? It's, it's all a bit odd really isn't it I mean the Bayern Munich contingent have been screaming blue murder whereas <laughs> Schweiny's still been posting happy birthday messages and you know keep it, keep <laughs> he's just keeping about like everything's just, fine it's great yeah he's, he's just going about his business and if I, I I generally don't I think if Mourinho has been as brutal as some of the reports suggest I think that is slightly harsh because I think Schweinsteiger had a good impact on on the dressing room when he first came in okay he, he didn't necessarily have the same impact on the pitch which is a shame but equally, I mean, I got I got up to a few matches last season, and and the matches that I saw that he played in, he had a lot of endeavour, just not the end product, or you know, you know, he's getting booked booked for things when he shouldn't have been, and um, he's just not the player that he once was, and that's 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 there's no shame in that. I mean, players haven't been dropped for not being the players that they want they once were, naming their names. Well, good obviously. grief, we're we're indulging one gigantic player who wasn't necessarily what he once was. Exactly. But so, we might have spoken um, a little bit too much about that for one night. Yeah, I think so. Let's let's once. move 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 away from that. But I think you know if if Mourinho's spoken to to Bastian and said, "Look, you're not in my plans," but you know, and this is what's going to happen, just so that I can get things clear in my head for for how I want to take Man United, then then fine. If he has just given in the cold shoulder and you know banished him to to the reserve matches, um, then that's not on really. And if like we've spoken about, Mourinho's trying to re-establish himself as a different type of manager at Man United then that's not particularly the best way of doing it I would be sad to see him go but not for footballing reasons necessarily just because you know he's a bit of a legend of the game I was very excited when he signed and I think I, th- I think most people were correct me if I'm wrong oh um, god yeah yeah so it's it's going to be a shame that it hasn't worked out but these things happen Dave at Oli Oli United asks Phil Jones what do we do 
send him on loan to Hull, as one one paper suggested we might. Well, they need players. They do need players, so I know one. Um, I, I think that he needs to move on, but he probably won't because there are others we need to move on first in defence, particularly an Argentine who's terrible at making toast, and, and Paddy McNair. So, so I think Jones will will remain around by default but I wouldn't remotely be surprised if if Mourinho got rid next summer mm. I just think I just think his time his chance and his time at United's passed and he never looks secure he never looks the player that he might have been even the player that he used to be when when he plays and obviously he's had a lot of trouble with injuries and I just think like Johnny Evans I almost feel like he needs to go away and play play regularly because a lot of those a lot of those niggly injuries that he picks up are just because because he's never, never at peak fitness. Peak, peak fitness. So yeah, I think I think uh, Phil Jones needs to buffalo off somewhere. At Vikash Patel ninety four asks two two questions. Oh, good grief! Uh, do you think we'll win the league if we were to make no more signings? If not, who will finish above us? Harriet, I think we've got a good shot with the squad that we've got with Pogba in. Uh, I wouldn't have said the same. I know it's putting a lot of a lot of pressure on on young Pog's shoulders. Um, as the price tag will anyway, but I think Mourinho is all about balance, and he said that already. Um, like we said, just one more centre back would be nice, <laughs> um, just to shore it up a little bit more. But who that would be, I have absolutely no idea. Because I mean, the the one player I would have wanted was Hummels. Uh, he was always the first FIFA signing for me whenever there was a new season going on FIFA. Um, and that dates back to kind of 2008. I wouldn't be able to pick out a name uh, who centre back. So I think the squad we've got, we stick with, and and I think we're going to be a lot closer to the title than we've been for a long time. Rich, would you echo that sentiment? Yeah, I think we can win the title. If we don't, I suspect that City might. But then I say that every year, and last year they were crap. Hmm, so that's a good point. What do I know? Right. Let's dust off a few more and we'll be done for the evening. At Jambook Zero asks, do you think we will bring in another defender? Yes or no answers, please, you two. Harriet? No. Rich? Yes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a big, big fat yes. I'm, I was going to say I'm all about the optimism now. That's good. I'm liking this rebrand. It's working for you. Standard Bradley at Not Standardised asks, was Fellaini's assist on Vardy's goal the best pass of his United career? 100%. I mean, it's up there, isn't it? Absolutely. Can anybody can anybody remember a, a particularly splendid Fellaini pass in um, his United career? Um, do you know Do you know what I just remembered? I just remembered his first game. He came on against Palace um, um, under under Moyes, and he played a, uh, a sort of diagonal cross field pass, which which went right to the feet of the the player, whichever player it was on the right right wing, and and Old Trafford roared in approval at his his wondrous vision. And I, I do think that's probably the the only pass I remember him ever making of any quality until yesterday. Until uh, yesterday. Hmm. Last question of the night is from Teddy. Uh, he asks: Pogba in a two-man midfield or a three-man midfield, and um, who does he get paired with in a two? Now, <laughs> again, this just seems like a question or a point that is partially going to revolve around the uh, the selection of one man in particular. Because I think if you put Rooney on the pitch, then potentially you're looking at what a four, two, three, one potentially. And if he's not on the pitch, you can see a four, three, three happening quite quick, quite easily, really, can't you? I think it's interesting that Mourinho said that Pogba, Pogba can play as a ten or a six, 
Um, so I think he's he, he sees him as a very versatile player and potentially could play him in a few positions. I suspect that he'll when he comes in, he'll possibly be in a two in midfield with with maybe Carrick. Um, but it, what happens after that really depends on how that works and and whether Rooney manages to control the football again. True. I mean, so let's say hypothetically in a two-man midfield, who would you realistically place him with, Harriet? I think I'd, I'd, st- I'd stick with Carrick. I think, well, they would have played together probably very briefly. Um, but I think Pogba's obviously going to be more mobile, more dynamic, and Carrick's going to be your kind of anchor who will play the sideways passes that he's always been very, very good at. And Pogba will be more more of a creator. Uh, so I'd, I'd probably stick him stick him with Carrick. Okay, what about in a three-man midfield? He played he played on the left-hand side of a three for, for Juve, which he obviously did incredibly effectively. Hmm. But we, we've not played in a three-man midfield to this point. I, I think our midfielders do better suit that position, but because I don't think we have the quality in midfield, um, that by making a three-man midfield, we're kind of still going to be shoehorning two average players in. Or you know, not exceptional midfielders in. You leave Ander alone. Uh, well, no, no, I, 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 don't, I don't dislike Ander. In fact, I was deeply in love with him in his first season. Even though Van Hal seemed to hate his guts, but I think he has just kind of lost his way a bit, and his his performances have, have suffered. If we did play in a three, then I'd certainly have Herrera in there, probably with 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 Carrick or Schneiderlin. But I think we we give ourselves more attacking options and we have we'll get more quality in the team if if we play in a 4-2-3-1 with Pogba in in a sort of as as Harriet said the more kind of dynamic midfield role with Carrick um sort of sitting and being a creator and a, and a bit of a destroyer guys that is all the questions thank you very much for joining me Harriet what an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, where can people find you on the twitter at hmdrudge and at 442 excellent Rich, you're all right. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. No, Richard, you absolutely <laughs> wonderful human being. Thank you very much for joining us as always. And where can people find you on Twitter? And your writing as well, actually. They can find me at richardcan76. And my writing is emblazoned all over my Twitter account, so they can find you there. Superb. You can also find some of our writing at uh, redvoicesmufc.wordpress.com. We just launched that last week. I will be popping a new post, uh, the subject of which will be the Juan de Juan matter in the next 24 hours so I hope you guys very much enjoy that you can also find me at, at you and Lennox and you can find the Red Voices podcast on SoundCloud on the Apple podcast app on pretty much every Android podcast app you could find and any ratings or reviews that I'd like to leave would be absolutely wonderful uh, Any we appreciate every single share retweet and every nice comment thank you so much for your feedback and for listening we very much look forward to uh, coming back to you next week hopefully with a nice victory over Bournemouth to talk about have a wonderful week cheerio cheerio